Welcome to How To Be A Dad, a Dad's Net original podcast. On today's episode, oh, I'm a dad. Now what do I do? How To Be A Dad podcast. Hi, how you doing? I'm Al Booth and I'm the dad of a three-year-old son. Daddy is a bum cake. And a one-year-old daughter. Mum, mum. Say daddy. Mum, mum. Say daddy. Over the next few episodes, I'm going to be talking to men like you and me about what it's like to be a dad. From the very beginning, I mean the the very beginning. Well, you know, when you find out. Do a few months down the line, you'll hear how babies' names are chosen. The original name we had was Cuba, and I even had like my own like I say I had a baby shower. <laughs> I, I, had a, I had like a night out with my mates, and we ordered like Cuban cigars and like wore like Cuban clothes and like played poker. So like we were going for it with that name, and then I don't know what happened, but we ended up calling him Gabriel. You'll hear how dads cope when they don't know what else to do. No word of a lie. I got my hands and knees. I clasped my hands and I, I like praying and I didn't stop until somebody walked back in that room. And I weren't crying. I was just beyond that. And I was just, hands were so tight. You'll hear how dad share, honestly, the lessons we've all learned. She came back from school. She's a teacher, by the way, and thought that she'd wet herself. Of course, she hadn't. Her waters have broken. But you wouldn't expect that after... 27, 28 weeks. So the thing we did wrong is she sat on the loo and you only find out later, no, don't do that, because what if the baby falls out? How To Be A Dad is a podcast about dads sharing memories and experiences. It's open, it's honest, it's truthful, it's it's more anecdotes than advice. How To Be A Dad podcast with Al Booth. Ah, you've got a new baby, congratulations. That's ace news. Um, now don't panic, because all it takes to look after a baby are these three things. You need to feed them, you need to change them, and you need to protect them from germs to help keep them healthy. And then you're pretty good to go. Um, we're gonna be talking about all these things on this podcast. But before we dive in, I just wanted to let you know about something that is gonna help you keep your baby protected from germs and, and just live in that healthy baby bubble. Milton, the expert in baby sterilising, has sponsored the How To Be A Dad podcast and they are all about keeping you safe and your baby free from as many harmful germs as possible and just about having a healthy family. They have a plant-based hygiene range that includes a baby bottle cleaner, antibacterial wipes and spray, plus a foaming hand sanitizer that's suitable for babies from three months. And all the Milton antibacterial products kill 99.9% of germs, including coronavirus. Google Milton to check out the full range of products because we think they're just going to make life so much easier for you. And let's face it, when you've got a newborn, it's an amazing time. But anything that you can do that will give you a bit of an easier life on very little sleep is definitely something we recommend. Oh, one more bit of advice. When you are doing late feeding, don't wear black because that baby milk comes up pretty quickly and it stains. Welcome to episode four. This episode is all about those first moments after you become a father. You've witnessed the birth or you've become aware of it. And yeah, those next moments. Now I've got two children and I have to admit, the first moment after our eldest was born, I pretty much remember everything. I remember him coming. I remember the, a nurse came in or a doctor came in and the different doctors announced themselves because it was a bit of a a complicated birth, the heart rate had dropped and they just wanted to, it'd been coming out for longer than he should have. It was all fine, but they got different experts in. 
And um, these experts came in with all very complicated titles. And then one doctor came in and she went, hello, I'm the baby doctor. And I thought, if I was writing a really under-researched sitcom, that is precisely what I would call one of the characters. Hello, I'm the baby doctor. So I remember all that happening and I remember him coming out and cutting the umbilical cord and choosing whether he's going to have a big hat or a small hat. <laughs> I don't know why they have the big hat. There's only two sizes available, big hat, small hat. And then they put him in the, the sort of incubator thing to give him a tan or something. I didn't really do the research. Um, I mean, I, I accepted that the baby doctor was a viable title. Um, and then, so I remember all that. But the second, our daughter, Sienna, she came out and she literally flopped out. She just came shooting out of my partner and just... <laughs> That sort of noise on the table. Um, <laughs> oh, she's going to love me when she's 18. And all I remember, I don't remember cutting the umbilical cord. I don't remember whether she had a, a big hat or a small hat. I just remember my partner really wanting a sausage sandwich and sending me out moments after meeting my daughter for the first time, sending me out to get a sausage sandwich with red sauce. And the place where I went to get it from didn't take cards. So I had to go and get cash. So that's my abiding memory anyway this isn't about my anecdotes just as well because they're very dull this is about dads like you and other dads just sharing their stories of those early moments after meeting their child for the first time moments like these so my experience of childbirth was something out of something you might watch on tv and think well that could never happen to me and then you're in it and i'm really just Every day I kept thinking, I want to get out of here. <laughs> but her, her iron went down. So I used to go in, I'd get steak from our local butchers and I used to buy the best steak I could and come home and cook it and take it down to Anne-Marie in a little bag so to try and get her iron wow. up. Being at the person around, do you want a photo? I'm like, no, I don't want a photo. I just want to see yes. that. Oh, do you know what? In this whole podcast series, we haven't mentioned that once. And oh my word, Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure if that still happens. Um, right, let's crack on, shall we? This is How To Be A Dad. I've just met my child. How To Be A Dad podcast with Al Booth. The first dad on this episode is Shane. You'll have heard Shane if you've listened to the other episodes. If you haven't listened to the episodes, um, then it all goes in order from the moment you decided to be a dad up to this moment, the labour and the bit afterwards. Uh, Shane's told a few stories, so if you haven't checked them out, go and have a listen. Now, what I love about this podcast, talking to dads, is that we all have very different stories, but we all have things that unite us. We have a lot in common as well. But like I say, very different stories. And you probably, I'm willing to put money on, Shane's story probably has affected not you or anyone else listening. They took my baby, my little girl, off me and then went back in Tamarie and then I came over. And then I'm, I'm really, I remember I'm really looking and just going, Look, this is your daddy. She said, Isabella, this is... And she said her right, name, and okay. I went... I just cried my eyes out. It was unreal. Absolutely un And I come out, because that was about half past four in the morning, must have been, but when I came out, it was about half past six or seven or something, and it was just red hot. It was burning, and I just didn't know what to do, because nobody knew. I didn't know, because it was, it was unexpected. We were just, we weren't having Isabella for another four weeks. And then I went to my brother's house. I knocked on his door and I'd woke him up and he just came, to, I always remember he came to the door with no top on. Just, he just got up, he had no top. And I just looked at him and I started crying my eyes out. 
and just held him as though I were a baby in his arms and he's my little brother. Right. I said, I've got a baby girl. <laughs> and I just, <laughs> the whole world then cried again. And then he just held me. And then Gab came, the two of them were just holding me. And I was just at the front door. And I'll never forget that. And then, then I got to see Anne-Marie then every day because Anne-Marie had had an emergency cesarean. So she were in hospital in Leeds LGI, which were phenomenal unbelievable and I'm really just every day I kept thinking I want to get out of here because <laughs> as days got on but her, her iron went down so I used to go in uh, at night and I'd, I'd get steak from our local butchers I were my mate Frank Eshel being pudsy I used to go Frank Frank I need another steak and I used to buy the best steak I could and come home and cook it and take it down to Anne-Marie in a little bag so to try and get her iron wow. up because I knew she were having good meals there but I used to just take this steak in and then this other girl who sat opposite she kept looking so then I started cooking other meals and I started cooking I cooking both of the meals <laughs> and I was taking these meals in throwing as much iron as I could in these <laughs> meals I bet that was and costing just, you a fortune by the end of the day <laughs> Everyone putting in their steak orders. <laughs> oh, gosh. I had a lovely experience as well. I met this guy called Jegbe um, and this girl, Stella, who was another mum, because I was going in every week. He was as well. And, and I met him through, I was walking down the corridor once and I heard this singing. And you know when someone says it's like angels, I literally thought we're hearing things. Like I was what's that and this voice was just resounding through corridors and I couldn't believe what it were it was just unbelievable and I kept looking at it thinking what's the, what is it I thought is it a radio but it just sounded unusual the sound and then out of this door all in white like in a like in a shivakamese like an Asian shivakamese he just turned around and, and this this guy dreadlocks literally down to the floor and it was like if Bob Marley could have sent me an angel that would have been the angel and it, and he had this unreal voice and he said hi I'm Jegbe and I did I thought it was like seeing Morgan Freeman in that Jim Carrey <laughs> film and it, I thought it was God or something <laughs> or an angel it, it was weird and he just introduced himself and he said and we, we were dads and I got to know his partner and and after I used to go up to their house and because uh, his partner used to be of all things his partner was a backing singer for Beverly Knight and Jamiroquai wow. so I, I ended up going up to their house quite a few times and singing with the bongos and we also singing round together and it was just unbelievable but this and I'll never forget him he was just it was unreal you know all those lovely things that happen in life that just yeah yeah. You know, they said people are sent like angels and he just walked in and I'd, I'd really think, it, I, I thought, I'm a delirious here, what's going on? But the whole thing were surreal and... and um, that's, that's yeah. sad, that sounds like something you couldn't make up. You know, that like if you were trying to sit here and write a film script, it was like, it's beautiful. No. Yeah, it would, I mean, and I wrote a song, I wrote a song when I got back called... Uh, not meaning to one day I wrote a song when I just looked at Isabella and I always remember that first moment I saw her that first moment when she was placed in my arms and I wrote a song called Isabella's Smile and it was 
it was, it, and I, I used to sing it to her at nights. Oh, wow. I used to sing it, and it was all about when I first met Anne Marie, when I saw her, and she was on a walking by a lake, and it was about our journey in life, and about how we went travelling, and when we come back from travelling, and then it talked about our dog, but it wasn't, and then we got a dog, and it wasn't like that. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have known if we had, had reflections about having a dog. But then, and then it took us right to that moment, our journey in life, all the twists and turns until the angel placed in my hands. Yeah. Wow. That's Shane from Leeds. Just remembering those early moments after he met his daughter for the first time. Um, now this is Sean from Tamworth recalling the time he became a father and I don't know if they still do this I do remember this happened uh, quite a bit a few hours after my son was born but my partner was absolutely shattered it happened to Sean as well just when you want privacy in a hospital <laughs> being at the person around do you want a photo I'm like no I don't want a photo I just want to yes. see it oh do you know what <laughs> in this whole podcast series we haven't mentioned that once and oh my word yes <laughs> That is so annoying. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Bounce. Like, is it bounce? I don't know what it was, I but I just ignored the woman. Bounce it, bounce I think it, I think it. I think it is bouncy or bounce. Bouncy, but yeah. 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 yeah like, Paul, your partner is shattered. I remember <laughs> Kerry, my partner, when we had our first son, she'd had the epidural, so she couldn't move her yeah. legs. She physically couldn't get out of bed because it was she was numb from the waist down still. Yeah. Alfie was crying, he's a few hours, and then he just popped, the curtains all pulled round, and then... I love to disturb you, but uh, do you fancy a photo? It's like Sunday night, the London Palladium, they're like, da-da! And he's like, okay, sorry to disturb you, I'll leave, I'll leave with this leaflet, so I'll come back to you in three yeah. hours' time, yeah. or four... Oh. And, as, and also, like you say, everyone tells you having a baby is the most expensive thing you can do, and then they're like, you, my brother-in-law... Um, and uh, they had a, their first child about a year or so just before, a year and a few months before yeah. we had ours. Um, and that happened to them. And my brother-in-law was just so tired and just wanted to look after his partner and the baby. And he, he was like, I, I just paid, I signed up and gave them a hundred quid for these. <laughs> and the thing is, my, his, yeah. his wife, she's like, that photo is never going to get shown because I look yeah. knackered. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> Who wants that photo? Everyone's got iPhones or camera phones now, you know? It's like... I think there's still uh, stuff about, stuck back in the 90s, but it's like, uh, she comes around that little like trolley thing as well. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like... Yeah, before the doctors and things. There's like all these other things you want before. Oh, I'd completely, I'd put that out of my mind, but oh man, that started something, yeah. That's what I say, I can, I can remember it like it's yesterday, literally, like, it's, it's so like, <laughs> so memorable. It's never like the movies or a TV show, is it? It's it's all these magical, like even when they walk for the first time, you just kind of turn around and go, yeah. I, I miss that. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're not all there waiting with the camera because they're going to walk on, yeah. all these things. Um so how how was that early sort of stage of bonding? Because there's always that thing, as soon as you see them, it's a love like no other. And because you don't expect, you just go, right, there's a, a thing there, slimy little alien. Um, I want to make sure my partner's okay. And also, because Alfie was born at 10 to 4 in the morning, my next thought is, I'm never going to sleep again. Like if I'd finished a gig or something, I would go home yeah. to bed. So all these thoughts. So how was the bonding process and the, the first meeting and stuff? I think it took me a bit of, well, I was lucky to be fair. Once, once, once the birth was happened, that 
because of that with her sepsis stuff. I got to hold Keegan in my hands for the first time. It's quite nice, but she didn't get that. She does. She does regret. So I regret that I didn't get to hold him because I was such an. Uh, like she was such in the moment. I enjoyed that, but I got to hold him. But then coming home wise, I, I, as you say, you're not used to you're not used to something like a little person being there. Like, uh, oh, what's that? Oh, what's that crying? Oh, I've got I've got to feed him milk. It's feeding time. <laughs> so it did take me a while to adjust. To be fair. Hi, welcome to How to Be a Dad with me, Al Booth. And uh, on this episode, just talking about those early moments after your child was born and your recollections and what happened next. Now. I've said before, this podcast is great because we're all kind of united by experiences, but at the same time, all our experiences are different. Steve is here to tell us about something which has a happy ending, but it didn't quite go to plan in those early stages. So for me, starting to be a dad was something a bit out of the ordinary because my son arrived early. So he was a premature baby. And when he was born... He was born two pounds and 11 ounces. And when, when you're in that moment, it seems really surreal. And the first time I saw my son was being taken and put over onto um, a special area in the delivery ward where they had to immediately try and put the correct tubes in him to help him breathe and assist him in feeding so there is a, a window there where the doctors don't know what they're dealing with so my experience of childbirth was something out of something you might watch on tv and think well that could never happen to me and then you're in it and all credit to the hospital because they they thought there was a possibility of um the baby arriving that day and what they do is they take you to this is watford general hospital in hertfordshire and they took me up to the special care baby unit to have a look around. Because when it happens, they know that you might react in one way or another and you might find all this really overwhelming. So to take you up there the day before or whenever is a good thing. So good on them for doing that. And then you begin what you can only describe is your journey because the special care baby unit, SCUBU, in every hospital is incredible their job is to identify what that baby requires to grow and essentially stay alive and they do everything they can with tiny little instruments to be able to do this and it is just magnificent so my son spent the first few weeks of his life in an incubator where you you couldn't really hold him for very long you had to have him fed through a tube through his mouth the great thing about as a dad being in that situation is that you you get the opportunity to be perhaps a bigger part of the early part of seeing your child as what you might have done so you're able to have skin on skin contact at a certain point when the baby is okay so you sit there in the hospital on a chair with your top off, David Hasselhoff, like, you know, obviously, and uh, you've got your baby on your chest and you're having this time with them. And that is so lovely as a dad mm. to be talking about that, to say that I've had the chance to do that with my son. And I've no doubt in my brain that that has helped in the way that we are bonded together now. 
and I recommend that for any dad. So two pounds eleven ounces. That's correct. That's, that's yeah. So I know it's so, tiny, tiny, tiny baby. Was, so thankfully, there was nothing medically wrong with with our son, uh, in the sense of it being an emergency that needed to be dealt with. And it transpires that he just needed to grow. And you also meet a lot, a lot of other parents in that ward because you're all in the same boat, really. And you find relief in talking to someone that kind of understands what you're going through. And I mentioned earlier, it's a journey because it is. In this, in this particular hospital, you know, there's one end of the corridor where it's intensive care, where my son started. And the, the idea is the children make their way down the corridor to the uh, staff that are literally preparing you to go home with your baby. Is that how you teach them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on! <laughs> you know, they know how to drive by the time they leave that place <laughs> and they're at, they're at work within six weeks. So, so the, yeah, that is the idea. And then there's the sad side of it where some children don't make it. And, you know, it will stick with me for all my life, this. I remember seeing a baby that, unfortunately, was a lot bigger than my son, but the parents were there and it had just passed away and... And then it hits you that you're actually really fortunate that this is going on with your child right now, that he's just needing to grow. Because that is generally what could have happened. Mm. And that's, that's, a, that's a big thing. So I'd say on a positive note, going through that, there was 10 weeks he was in hospital for. And for 10 weeks, I was going in. And you learn how to... Eventually, you learn how to feed them. You learn how to change the tiniest nappies you've ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> and and it's, it's, it's fantastic. You learn how to give them a little wash in the incubator. So all those delicate moments are incredible as a dad when I look back now. And I'm, again, I'll say it again, I'm so grateful for what the staff did at Watford General Hospital to, to make you feel as a dad more involved more included and also more at ease so getting back on to to my uh, my son he then left the hospital and you know you have a contact number for the ward and then i had that moment 11 weeks later that that you know you had as a dad oh we got this child at the end of the bed in a moses basket now what do we do how to be a dad podcast with al booth now, when you're talking about the uh, the moments after labour, this is Michael from Nottingham sharing that experience when he first became a dad. It was a whole strange day because I, I was itching to get Yvonne and Kobe back home on the on the Wednesday, the following Wednesday. Uh, she, yeah, she was. I can remember now. She was birth happened on the Friday, and then they were both allowed out on the following Thursday. But I was kind of itching because he, he looked so fine. He was he, he had he had jaundice, which they were mm. uh, treating him for. Not nothing horrific, nothing too bad. But obviously they they won't let him go, especially with his him being preterm and a small baby. They weren't going to let him go until they're absolutely confident that he was good to go. But I was yeah. itching to get them home. So by Tuesday, Wednesday, I was going, can we go home yet? Yeah. And they didn't know. And I, yeah. t- I understood it. It's just that he looked so fine. He was he, he was happy. He was feeling. He was doing all the right things. Um, 
And uh, but they said no until until they get him exactly right, and they weren't going to let him go. Which is credit to them. Um, yeah, the drive home was I felt a mixture of euphoria and sort of woolliness as well. Like mm. it's it's almost a dream because you built yourself up to, to yeah. You obviously knew the baby was coming, but when he appeared. It was all really real, but because it was also hospital, it was like it, it, I, I did feel the responsibility, but obviously not until, until you bring him home. That's when it really hits you. I think that's the, that's yeah. the, that's yeah. the thing we all feel. Uh, and then it's like, okay, <laughs> this is all new, <laughs> and just having another person in the house uh, on the first night was like just just different. And it was it was. Uh, quite hard yeah kept checking the point. Uh, yeah that, that that was how it felt i didn't feel kind of wobbly to i thought i might feel a bit tense driving but uh, i think i was in autopilot by then and um it, yeah that that wasn't that wasn't something that crossed my mind but uh it's sort of, sort of one by one the penny drops oh, okay this this is the rest of your life now Thanks for being here with me. I'm Al and this is How To Be A Dad, the podcast from the Dad's Net. On the next episode, we're going to be talking all about getting the child home and just what being a dad is in those early days. We all have different ways of being a parent. We all have different ways of how we should raise our child. Uh, This is Benji. You're going to hear about him on the next episode of How To Be A Dad. Oh, I love it. I love it. She gets a wrap every morning. She, she, I, I put the YouTube on and I stick some beats on or whatever. I put her on my knee looking at me and I'd be like, Callie, we wake up in the morning. The sun is shining. The birds are tweeting. And she's just like, I wanted to grow up to just have some flavour, you know. Now, if you're a dad or a dad with memories to share, you can get involved with the podcast at dadsnet.com or you can find us on Twitter. This has been How To Be A Dad, the, oh look, I've got a baby, what do I do now? Episode. In episode five, talking about what you do when you get your baby home and just how life changes for for the better. Also, it's not always straightforward, isn't it? Uh, For more information on parenting, or if you've got something to share, go to thedadsnet.com. And remember, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, and I hope you have, please do give us a five-star rating and subscribe, because then it just helps other dads find... Well, find out they're not on their own, basically. Enjoy your parenting. I'll see you next time. How to be a dad podcast with Al Booth. A Dadsnet original podcast.